0: On you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics, it's about principle. It's not about candidates, it's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. This is Dr. Dan. The United States of America is a nation in trouble and in decline. We continue to travel down a path that is the very antithesis of the principles on which our nation was founded. The bold entrepreneurial spirit that fueled our growth and prosperity is now maligned and punished, and the rugged individualism of the frontier is scorned while collectivism and mediocrity is praised. Only the truly ignorant, or those totally disconnected from truthful thought processes fails to grasp what is happening to us. Our nation is ensnared in the death spiral that has been the fate of dozens of societies before us over the course of history. We are entangled in a spiral of debt. Each month, we alternate using our national visa card to pay the interest on our MasterCard, with using the National MasterCard to pay the interest on our visa. Most of us tried this in college and understand that there is no escape from the spiral of debt. Equally lethal is our spiral of dependency that has trapped millions of our citizens on welfare in a state of perpetual poverty from which escape is neither possible nor desirable. Why work or seek employment when the welfare benefit package exceeds the potential income from having a real job? After spending $17 trillion over 50 years in programs claiming to eliminate poverty, the result has been the establishment of a permanent recipient class for whom dependency is a way of life. Of course, wasn't that the real goal all along? I think you know the answer. Worst of all, however, is our spiral of immorality, in which the lying, cheating, and stealing by the arrogant elitists who have become our rulers serves as a behavior model for all society. When the actions of our fellow citizens are guided by basic honesty, a simple handshake was sufficient to complete a transaction. Now, after shaking hands, it is wise to count your fingers. Before the ink was dry on our Constitution, those with greed and a lust for power were attempting to centralize governmental authority at the expense of the states and their citizens. During the 19th century, they were held in check by the westward expansion of the nation's. Having only primitive transportation and communications, the central government didn't have the means to control the pioneers with their frontier spirit. The industrial revolution of the 20th century, however, with its electricity, automobiles, airplanes, radio and television, shifted the balance of power away from the people and to the central government. The arrogant elitists wasted no time in beginning the process of shredding the constitutional guarantees, protecting the sovereignty of the individual on their way to creating their utopian socialist dream. Today, the gang of interchangeable thieves and liars we send to Washington to represent our interests, pay hollow lip service to the Constitution while enriching themselves and allowing the federal government and its chief executive to amass absolute power that is not one bit less than that of the English monarch we overthrew during the Revolutionary War. If I were to ask you if our nation can be saved, if our constitutional republic and our individual freedom can be salvaged, I wouldn't be surprised if half of you resoundingly replied, no. There are, however, those who truly believe that it is still possible to recreate a nation in which there is a central government strictly limited by enumerated powers in which free citizens can engage in the free market exchange of goods and services without the regulatory fist of government controlling their lives. As you might expect, being that America is the home of ingenuity, specific proposals have been brought forward to achieve that goal. It is the obligation of Freedom Forum Radio to facilitate the free exchange of ideas, to promote a discussion of all proposals to achieve that goal of a free America, Inhabited by free citizens. Since the Nullify Now Symposium in Raleigh last October, we have heard several discussions of the concept of nullification to combat and end federal tyranny. Another proposal is a convention of states, a project of citizens for self government. The home page of their website, www.nullifynow.com conventionofstates.com, begins with this statement. The federal government is broken. Washington, D.C. will never voluntarily relinquish its power. Left unchecked, the government will continue to bankrupt this nation and destroy the liberty of the people. It is time for citizens and the states to act. And we have the solution. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More right after this. My guest on Freedom Forum Radio is Jackie Peterson, the Georgia State Director of the Convention of States Project. I have asked Ms. Peterson to give us an overview of the Convention of States Project so that we can understand this proposal for bringing our federal government back within the limitations imposed on it by our Constitution. Ms. Peterson, welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum and Freedom Forum Radio. I'm giving you, as a representative of the Convention of States Project, a public platform to outline your concept. So, thank you for agreeing to be with us today. Uh, to discuss this important concept, the Convention of States Project.
2: Well, thank you for graciously allowing me to be here.
1: Well, Dr. I think Hamm. it's important that we present these ideas so people can evaluate all the proposals in front of us to try to come to some solution to fix our situation if we possibly can. So let's start off by saying, f- what do you think? Why do you think there's a need? for the Convention of States project.
2: Well, I believe that the reason we need a Convention of States project is because, as ever, is self-evident that our country is, is deeply, deeply in debt and the regula- regulatory bodies of this nation have become so burdensome to small business owners and the citizens of the United States that um, we are living in, in tyranny as I see it, and we must stand as citizens of the United States and do anything within our power to see to it that we stop what's going on.
1: One of the credos of of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum and Freedom Forum Radio is that the right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. I really hope that you agree with that, and uh, Um, that's really what's happening now. Our private property rights are being attacked through confiscation and regulation. Uh, You mentioned the word regulation. That's a a serious problem in this country, is it not?
2: It is a serious problem, and as a small business owner, uh, my husband and I renovate hotels around the country. We're licensed in almost every state in the nation, and we deal with regulatory bodies on a daily basis. And I can tell you I've been in this business for 30 years, and I have never – it seems that we've been on a slow uh, spiral downward. However, in the last five to seven years, I feel like that it has been accelerated greatly. And every single day, one more of our our, uh, rights are taken away and our freedoms are taken away. And I agree with you about private property rights as well.
1: You know, it's funny, I was speaking to a friend of mine today who in downtown Murphy is about to open a storefront business, and he's been held up for the last several months because the the fire department would not allow him to have a wood facade on his storefront the way he wanted it. Right. I mean, to me, I mean... That is a theft of private property. You can steal property by actually taking away the property, and you can steal it by regulations that prevent your usefulness of the property. Uh, And that's what we have. We have a regulatory tyranny uh, in Washington, D.C., and actually in in many of our state capitals as well, that prevents legal property owners from exercising their right to enjoy their property.
2: I would absolutely agree with that statement.
1: So tell me, what is the purpose of the Convention of States? What do you hope to accomplish? Well, first well, of all, tell us, what is the what is the Convention of States project?
2: The Convention of States project is a movement throughout the nation. We're organized in 44 states, and we're coming together to call for an Article Five convention to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government and to limit the terms of office for its federal officials and for members of Congress.
1: So that is what you're trying to... That is the purpose and the goal of the Convention of States is really to bring back a, an era in which the Constitution was
2: observed.
1: Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. So you obviously would agree with me if I said that the Constitution has been shredded, basically, and that there has been a a amassing of power uh, by the federal government, specifically by the executive branch, uh, in Washington D.C.
2: Absolutely, but I do believe that we, as citizens of the United States, bear some responsibility for that um, situation, and that it's it's high time that we use the mechanism provided by our founding fathers to call for an Article V to open open it up to amending the Constitution for things that we can control. And and that is our definition, imposing fiscal restraints, limit the power and jurisdiction, and limit the terms of office.
1: So as far as you're concerned, you said that we are – responsible or partially responsible. Um, how, do you, what's your, how do you think that we are partially responsible?
2: I think that we are partially responsible because we are the citizens of the United States of, States of America. Um, we all agree that the U.S. Constitution is our founding document, and we've allowed our government to stray very far away from the founding principles of this nation, and we, we must make a stand.
1: You know, I would agree with you. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't ask you that because I don't agree with you. I think that we are partially responsible because for, a, for decades, the vast majority of people in this country have been asleep. They've been ignoring uh, the usurpation of power by the federal government, not lifting so much as a finger to say, no, you don't. That's not in the Constitution. But, you know, don't you think that the institutions, the government themselves, are also uh, probably even more to blame?
2: I would agree with you on that point as well, because the majority of us, well, we used to be the majority, work every day. We go to our jobs, we earn our money, we pay our taxes, and we, to a certain degree, expect our representatives to represent us and represent us based on the U.S. Constitution. Um, and it's very hard to be involved in government procedures and 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 passage, passage of bills and laws and things like that when you have to be out there earning a living and raising your family.
1: I understand the constraints of time, but uh, and one of the things that I did discuss in, in my opening monologue was the fact that, you know, this usurpation of power by the central government is not new. I mean... I made the statement before the ink was dry on the Constitution. There were elitists and uh, federalists who wanted to usurp power and, and concentrate power in, in the in Washington, D.C., or in the central government, I should say. But during the 19th century, the, the government didn't have communications, did not have transportation, uh, and there was a vast... Vast, huge, enormous country. There was no way that the federal government could truly control individuals, which was why we prospered so much during that era. But once <laughs> yep, you're one, right. But once we had the industrial revolution, we, you know, with all those advances, it became a lot easier for the federal government to put its finger on individual citizens and groups of citizens almost anywhere.
2: I agree with you there as well. You're right, and it's gotten worse today with NSA and all of the things um, going on. We really are not private anymore, and they can take our rights away at any given moment.
1: Well, we're not private, and they have the ability. But, you know, you talked about the sort of what used to be or may still be the silent majority and not being silent anymore. Why do you think that we, even though we are active and vocal, what is preventing us from having an effect on government?
2: Well, I would ask you first to clarify the question as to, I would say that we there's a difference between the government in Washington, D.C. and the government here in our state.
1: Well, that is true. And uh, so let's take the federal government. Um, we've had all kinds of protests, meetings, letters, faxes, phone calls, uh, we can scream and yell here and try to get a hold of our representatives, get a hold of our representatives if, if we're lucky, and yet somehow that doesn't seem to help, does it?
2: No, it doesn't. And um, I will tell you, a great book to read with regard to the federal government is Peter Schweitzer's Extortion.
1: Yes, I've heard of that book. Mm-hmm. And why do you think all that is?
2: Because it's all about money and power.
1: Money and power. The Absolutely. people in
2: Washington, D.C., do not list, they don't need to listen to the people. They well, don't need to raise funds from the people. They get their money from lobbyists, and they share it amongst themselves. They're required to, to have certain fundraising capacities. And, um, you know, a $2,500 donation from here in the state of Georgia means nothing in the big scheme of things. They don't... Or just somebody they have to
1: appease and keep quiet. You know, I, I agree with you. I mean, there is absolutely no argument from me on that, on that effect. I mean, most of this, the, the root of what you just said, uh, really came in 1913 with the 16th Amendment, the 17th Amendment, and the mm-hmm. Federal, Federal Reserve Bank. Those are the three major culprits which took the financial power away from individuals, from local communities, and uh, and all concentrated power in to Washington, D.C. Of course, the 16th Amendment was the first time that the federal government was able to put its hand in an individual's pocket to get money. 17th Amendment eviscerated the power of the states. And, of course, the Federal Reserve Bank was designed specifically to allow the government to borrow as much money as it possibly could without never having to pay it back, which is obviously what has happened to us.
0: That concludes this edition of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Tune in next week for part two with Jackie Peterson. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. And
1: people, I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I played the Hoochie Coochie Man. I get joy in everything. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning.